I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourselves. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Duck? Good evening. Welcome to Roast Mortem. It is the finest show. It is the only show worth quoting on any of your research papers. My name is Tom. My name is Travis. And my name is Connor. And Mike is not here because we hate Mike and we told him to stay home. Mike is not here for the final countdown. This is our special episode. And the final countdown. We can make all the jokes of like, uh, 2021 was a dumpster fire. It was, but I can't wait for 2022. Which, which is also going to be a dumpster fire. It'll definitely be better, right? That's how it always goes. It gets Ex- better. Yeah, it's it's not like BlackRock is going to stop buying houses. It's yeah, right? fine. <laughs> Everyone be happy listening to shows like this. Distract you know yourself. The reason uh, that uh, next year will be better is Raytheon, the arms company, sponsored the Hugo Awards this year. So that's a, definitely a sign that society is going in the right direction. Right direction indeed. <laughs> Yeah. Well, speaking of directions, what are you drinking out of, Travis? What is that, an eggplant? Oh, it's just having a little bit of black tea, some PG tips. It's got a little a little cephalopod on there. Oh, ah, I like that. Um, yeah, just nice. warming up with that. I got a little blueberry cider ready to go because, you know, this is a big one. How's everyone's weeks? Or, I uh, know, we, we don't even do how's your week on this. How's your year? Jeez. Oh, man. Honestly, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> Connor, how about you? Uh, I'm going to go with good for the year. <laughs> All right. It's probably one of the worst years. But, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad year. Fuck 2021. Uh, what about weeks? Were they better? <laughs> Yeah, maybe the uh, yeah. Well, my let's week stick to was, a microcosm of my week was great. I got COVID. Yeah. I have COVID now. Currently during the show, woo! Uh, as it turns out, it's better than AIDS, but it's still uh, it's a burden. Let's put it that way. If you haven't heard of this rare disease, <laughs> do you think that's why Mike didn't come tonight? Is he thought he could get COVID through the microphones? Probably. Yeah. I honestly think that he was um, upset about the recording equipment we sent him. It was too mm. easy. Yeah. So yeah. He's like, this is too intuitive. Yeah. You just want to go I to think, bed. I think Mike is sifting around in someone trying to get COVID right now. That's why I couldn't make it, to be honest. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, how, was, how was your week with um, your uh, illness, Connor? Uh, yeah, so I thought I had COVID for about a 12-hour period, we would say. And, um, yeah, I just woke up with a piercing migraine on Saturday, went back to bed, and woke up and felt much better. So, doing well. Okay. <laughs> not so, COVID. Not COVID. Cool. Am I yeah. the only one that's not sick? I'm doing fine. I've been going to the gym, getting buff. Dude, I discovered the, the massage gun. You guys have one of those? Yeah, I have one. Oh, so good. I use it I on my ass. To, you know, I attached, I, I made a special attachment for my flashlight. Um, but it also works good on my muscles, too. Mm. Yeah, the old uh, uh, egg whites puller, they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, that, um, that's good. I've been driving around. I drove down to get a desk in Salem, Oregon today. We drove all the way down there. It's a shabby chic desk, and my girlfriend's like, this looks terrible. I'm going to repaint it because some housewife was like, I'm going to make it look shabby chic. What is shabby chic? Trophy wike. Shabby chic is pretty much the urban version of like beach house look, you know, when they like distress like shit and it's like beach life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shabby chic is like the, the urban version of that. Oh, very cool. It's like cool. purposely distressed and ugly. Purposely uh, hobo urine on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you were in Portland. We could just roll around on the street and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Extra distressed. All right, well. So, so, yeah, we talked about our years, we talked about our weeks. Now we're going to talk about years that other people had that were also bad. Uh, and they also ended in 21 of their century. So if you haven't tuned in, we're doing the countdown. Yeah. Going down the centuries, we're going, or we're going up the centuries until we eventually reach 2021. We talk about some people that died this year. Oh, we're speed running these roasts. Yeah, little mini boys. Yeah, spoiler alert, I, uh, there's not much on these people, <laughs> but it's probably for the best since there's nine researches to be had. They're dead and mostly forgotten. Yeah. Yep. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're the ones uh, beating them back to life for all five minutes apiece. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they were remembered for something. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to be going for our first person. We're going way back. We're going to... Uh, 121 BCE, dog, before Jesus fell out of a vagina and died on cross. <laughs> All right. Before Christ's emergence, BCE. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they changed it to be more religious. Yeah, they wanted it to be extra, like, really hammer at home who yeah. this came before. Mm -hmm. So right off the bat, we're going to be doing a lady named Cleopatra Thea. Now, you might be like, oh, Cleopatra's big titty, Mark Antony, oh my God, so hot. Wrong Cleopatra. There's like a million Cleopatras. Um, so, this Cleopatra is actually Cleopatra the fourth Philopater. Um, Philopater? Yeah. And Did Philip have her? What's that? Did Philip have her? Philopater? Phil, Phil, Philopater. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Um, she was born in. Uh, yeah, so she was actually born 70 years before the famous Cleopatra that we all know. So mm -hmm. completely different. Um, this, this Cleopatra was the daughter of Ptolemy VI, who was this Greek dude that ruled Egypt. <clears throat> now, right off the bat, we're talking about Greeks, and we're talking about Egyptians. So there's a lot of boning relatives. It's very confusing here. Uh, so Cleopatra was actually engaged to her uncle, Ptolemy VIII, but the old uncle was like, nah, I'm going to marry your sister, also named Cleopatra III. <laughs> you would think he's in an opportunity to just not do uh, something terrible and perverse, but instead he does a parallel move, uh, a yeah. lateral <laughs> move in incest, as opposed to just stepping out of it. Yeah. 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 Just just a little bit less. It's like, yeah. it's like a deke, right? You're like... Yeah, psych got your yeah. sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, by the way, Cleopatra, all of that means is uh, that name, Cleopatra, it means glory of the father. So, it's just a lot of proud dads in, in Egypt. Mm. <laughs> cool. Um, 
So anyway, Cleop- to name your daughter Glory of the Father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look what I did. Look what I made. <laughs> Look at it. It's, it's going to be a whore. I know it. Every time. She's going to marry my son. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so our Cleopatra, Cleopatra Thea, she marries this dude named Alexander Bylas. Um, and by that, I mean her dad made her ma- marry Alexander. Now, this is pretty sweet for Cleopatra because Alexander was the ruler of the Seleucid Empire. I think that's how you say it. Seleucid. Seleucid Empire. Thank you, Connor. And that's basically the territory that, for all intents and purposes, it's the territory that Alexander the Great conquered in the Middle East. Um, so a bunch of Greek people, they, you know, are Macedonians. They own this big Persian and all that area. <clears throat> and so Daddy Ptolemy's like, you know what? I really don't like your cousin. A- uh, I really don't like your husband, actually. You know, I married you. There was no pigs in the blanket at the reception. I'm going to invade Syria, kick him out. I don't like this boy. Mm. So Ptolemy moves in. He deposes Alexander Bylas and remarries Cleopatra to a dude named Demetrius II. And then Ptolemy promptly fucks off and dies. All right, and Demetrius II, what kind of diner did he own? <laughs> uh, it was right in Astoria, a right next to you. Yeah, he, it's down the street. It was a Gian Grill. Um, it's right <laughs> off uh, Mykonos Avenue. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. I love it. Yeah, Old butter Paris but Kibbe, good same, food. <laughs> yeah, the St. Paris Kiwi Church is right next door. So Demetrius like, sweet, this is awesome because I married this daughter. Now I'm the king of this empire. And while Demetrius was fighting his uh, neighbors, the Parthians, his younger brother, Antacus Seventh, was like, damn, Cleopatra Thea, I like that, but I'm going to get in it. And my brother's never coming back. So now I'm king. He mm. just, like, takes over. <laughs> All right. Good for him. Sweet yeah. king. Cleopatra marries her, his brother. Uh, Demetrius is then imprisoned by the Parthians. Parthians for almost a decade and the Parthians at at some point over the next 10 years they're like you know it would be hilarious if we just released Demetrius so he could go like beat the shit out of his brother so they're like ah let's release this guy let him go so, so you know, Demetrius, it, it's never, it's rarely true that the uh, the term "you can't write this stuff" applies. But my God, you can't write this stuff, Demetrius. <laughs> get out there! What the fuck you doing with my wife? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually the first recorded sound we have. Tom just played a clip. Yeah, that was not me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was recorded on yeah. clay vinyl stone. <laughs> that cost us four hundred thousand dollars to play. Yeah, yeah, we had to buy it from Hobby Lobby. Um, they'd stolen it from Iraq. <laughs> so Demetrius hears that his uh, or Cleopatra hears that his, her ex-husband's brother-in-law had been released, and she's like, "Oh shit!" She sends her sons off to Asia that she had with like her his his brother, and like, oh, "We don't want you to be here when he comes back." <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, so. Basically, Demetrius comes back. His brother dies. He doesn't kill his brother, but his brother dies conveniently. He remarries Cleopatra, takes her him, her back as his wife. And now, 
here's where like the really fucked up part with Cleopatra because Cleopatra, you know, she's being like shuffled around between men. It's not really her fault, you know, whatever. That's the way it is. But here's where it gets really fucked. So Cleopatra's mom, Cleopatra the second, uh, went to war against her father, Ptolemy, uh, Cleopatra Thea's father, Ptolemy the eighth, who was also her brother. So. It was a brother-wife. Cleopatra II and Ptolemy VIII, brother-sister. Brother, brother-wife. Yeah, brother-wife. This is a nasty <laughs> divorce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Cleopatra II, so Cleopatra, our subject's mom, goes to Demetrius and is like, Hey, I'm going to give you this army. Decide with me. We're going to kick the shit out of your, out of your um, father-in-law. He's an asshole. And Demetrius goes up against Ptolemy at Damascus. And is completely fucked. Uh, his mm. forces are rooted, and he runs back to his castle. And Cleopatra Th Thea basically closes the gates on him, <laughs> and Demetrius is captured and killed. Cool. Now uh, we're almost done here. This is a little bit longer. Sorry. Yeah, really. Um, Come on, man. We have nine I, more to do. I know, but I there's so much brother With two fucking... thousand years of history. Yeah, yeah, right. So Cleopatra, Cleopatra Thea then has her own son, the eldest son she had with Demetrius, murdered uh, right after he becomes king. So Cleopatra Thea become could become the regent of Syria. And then, you know, basically her, his youngest son isn't old enough to, to marry. But anyway, he's growing more and more independent. She's working as like a regent. And then in 121 BCE, uh, Cleopatra is like, I got to get rid of this younger son, too. So while the younger son was on a hunt, she dropped in some poison into a wine. He's like, when, once this kid comes back, I'll make him drink it. This is her own kid? This is her own kid. Yeah. Rude. Oh my god. This is rather rude. I would never do that to any of my children that were so, men. Yeah, so <laughs> this youngest son comes back and Cleopatra's like, oh, hey, honey, you must be parched. Here's some, some wine, sweetie. This this vintage in particular is yeah. delicious. And the kid scratches his head and he's like, uh, you've just been a bitch all my life, mom. And like, when have you like brought me wine after I went for a hunt? <laughs> like, you drink the wine. She's like, no, nah, I'm good. I made it for you, honey. I made it for you. <laughs> I made this one for you. And then, well, then he's basically like, <laughs> yeah, he's basically just like, drink it. And so Cleopatra drinks her own poison and dies. Wow. We should put her on the cover of Jägermeister. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm poisoned every time I drink Drink your own poison. Yeah, right. Jägermeister. You must be exhausted after that run for those meerkats. Have some of this wine. Mom, you hate me. <laughs> have some wine. Just have Try some. the wine. All right, mom's acting Italian. I don't know why. <laughs> We're not even at Olive Garden, and she's letting me have wine. Yeah. <laughs> When you're here, you're dead. Um, look, that's great. We have another person to cover. History going forward. So that's 100 years into the future. But we got to go back a little bit to get, tell this man's story, who's going to die 100 years in the future. Nice. And that would be Arminius of the Cherusci, or Cherusci. Not really sure how it's pronounced. It's all right. Now, 
Arminius was born sometime uh, around 18 or 17 BC, no one's really sure, as a prince of this Germanic tribe. This is right around when Rome's borders have kind of like settled, you know? So like they're kind of like, this is where we're going, and now we're going to start expanding even deeper into Germany. As the Romans do, they always want more. They always got to yeah. be like, got to get more. They're like, oh, we're at the Elbe River, but I'd like to keep going further and go to the next river, and then the next river after that. Now, he was probably not even named Arminius, this guy. Um, that's probably just a name that the Romans gave to him when he became a Roman citizen. Now, that was because Arminius was part of a tribe that was friendly to the Romans. Because the Romans are kind of doing like that divide and conquer thing mm -hmm. as they're moving deeper and deeper into Germany. So his name was probably something more like Dukelhausen Hagen. <laughs> probably something like that. I, yeah. I didn't write down what like modern Germans call him, but it's something that's definitely not what his name was because it's it's like it's something like like Theobald von Haufenwer. <laughs> right. All yeah. one word though. Yes, yeah. Germans yeah, exactly. tend to do. Krankenhausen. <laughs> his name is Hospital. You guys, can you guys call me hospital from Yeah, now I'm on? hospital boy. I'm gonna send you the hospital. Crankenhouse. Now the reason that Arminius was given Roman citizenship is not just because his tribe is friendly, it was also because his dad had to send him there to live amongst the Romans, basically as like a hostage. He was a ward at the time. So he grew up knowing all the Roman customs, knowing how they thought, joined the Roman military, and even earned himself quite a few promotions while fighting for the Romans. Big fan of that fish sauce they make. He must have been. Some, some drew him into him. Um, now, despite all of this, all his life, Arminius hated the Romans. He walked amongst them. He had, they gave him his name. They promoted him. They gave him status. But he, deep down, always was like, I'm going to fuck you guys over the moment the opportunity presents itself. Fun. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to infiltrate and destroy you from within. Right, kind of like, kind of like what you plan to do with your stepdad. Like one of these days, dad, <laughs> you're not my, you're not my real dad. I want to make a, it'd be like making your stepdad like real buddy buddy with you, and then he puts you in his will, and then like getting him killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't convince me to like you, stepdad. I don't care that I smiled on a picture on the mountains. <laughs> I hate tennis. Why you make me play tennis? I just pretended <laughs> like Disneyland. <laughs> I hate all the things you like. <laughs> so Arminius um, is still pretty young while all this is happening. He's like in his teenage years and early 20s when he earns his um, earns the citizenship. And at this time in Germania, um, the Romans had state 11 legions stationed. Now 11 legions is probably something like 100 to 150,000 guys, so huge army. Um, but there's a rebellion in the Balkans because even in 121 AD, the Balkans is rebelling against whoever, or in 21 AD, uh, the Balkans are rebelling against their European people. And so Augustus has to send a bunch of legions away, so there's only three legions left in all of Germania. And Arminius is the advisor to the guy who's leading them, by the name of Publius Quinctilius Varus. Publius. Uh, That's fun. Publius. That's a good one. Pubis. Pubis Varus. Yeah, I want to be. I want to be Merkin Pubius Travionius. 
So in 9 AD, the time is ripe for Arminius, and he realizes this is my chance to strike. So he'd been like building up um, alliances with all the different Germanic tribes at the time, you know, going to them being like, we all hate Rome, but let's work together. I know we hate each other just as much as we hate Rome, but like, let's put that aside for now. And then we can go back to fighting each other, you know? Smart. Yeah. Um, so he base he goes to Varus and he's like, hey, there's a big rebellion going on in northern Germany. So you should march your legions there and put it down. And Varus is like, sure, I'll trust you blindly because you've shown me nothing but friendship. And all of his like Roman advisors are like, you know, it's almost winter. We really shouldn't do that. And we don't trust this guy because he keeps running, like leaving camp mysteriously and meeting with people and then coming back and telling you what to do. Yeah, yeah, you guys stay here. I'm going to get the chocolate in the woods. <laughs> yeah, 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 bull. Yeah, bull. Hey, uh, yeah, where's that chocolate even... you said you were going to bring back to us? <laughs> oh, it's no, coming. No, no. <laughs> Keep going down that dark alley. I swear, it's down that way. Yeah. You mean this one here? <laughs> kind of smells yeah, yeah, like... Yeah, just go, just go. smells like blood down here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, much, no. it's much better than the feast stars. <laughs> So Arminius is leading these legions through uh, the densest part of like the Germanic forest. Um, the Teutoburg Wald is what it's called. And the line is stretching thinner and thinner on these narrow forested tracks um, where they're like bracketed in between like a swamp on one side and like unpassable hills on the other. And that's when Arminius just leaves camp one day and never returns. And they're all like, well, this, this is weird again. We're all alone out here. And at one point, they can hear far in the distance, because again, the line is like four miles long, the sounds of a battle. And then they hear it coming from behind them. And the, all up and down the line, the Germanic warriors that have been hiding in the forest have emerged and started slaughtering Roman legionaries. Dude, Arminius is them. Arminius just like horror movied them. Like, come oh, out yeah. of the woods. Uh, oh, whoops, you dropped your cell phone. I stomped on it. Oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa. That's a shame. Just stay right I'll, here. I'll go leave to get help. You stay right here. Yeah. Yeah. So for three days, the Romans and all of their camp followers are slaughtered basically to the person. Wow. Fifteen to 20,000 people. Um, there are reports that Arminius and his followers would capture the officers alive and then save them for ritual sacrifices, um, cooking them in big cauldrons out in the woods. Pretty oh, yeah. cool pagan shit, if you ask me. Hell yeah. Cool. Well, Connor, I just learned something about you. That's uh, a word you would use to describe that. Cool. I mean, yeah. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to be part of a pagan blood ritual? <laughs> just yeah. throwing a bunch of Romans, a bunch of Italians, okay? Let's be honest. Italian I'm just saying... Men. If I die, if I die and I, you get to write in my obituary, like, Travis, great guy, died of a blood eagle. Like, you know, that's just great. <laughs> that's not... what the Vikings used to do, where they ripped your lungs out through your back and stretched it out. <laughs> yeah, th it seemed like a lot of work. There's got to be, there's got to be, like, an aspect of boredom that rules these people. Yeah, or it's like, we need some entertainment, let's... See what happens if you rip their lungs out. Hey, we have back. a podcast. It's like the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty close. You're right. It's almost as torturous sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, this is the high watermark for Arminius. This is one of the most famous battles, the Battle of the Teutoburg Forest, when Rome's progress in Germany was stopped 
Um, the loss was so total that Augustus basically laid down the rule of saying, the borders are where the borders are, don't expand. Like, leave them where they are. And this started like 300 years of Romans just not going past the forest, basically. Really? Um, but for Arminius himself, it did not go very well. Um, his alliance that he used to achieve this pretty quickly disintegrated. Um, no one really wanted to follow one person over the other. They were too, like, factionally uh, driven. Um, eventually his wife is taken captive by the Romans. This is a low blow for him. Um, and I don't think he ever gets to see her again. And then, in 21 AD, while he's still trying to keep this alliance together, he is murdered by his own tribesmen, who feared that he had become too powerful for any one man. But e- Even though he had f- no power. <laughs> yeah. Even though his power was falling apart for the last 12 years, they were like, still too much. Yeah, spit much. That's a that guy has pagan cool. That mm-hmm. guy has too many Starbucks stars. Yeah. He can get so many lattes, we gotta take him out and get his stars. Those virtually mean nothing. Those <laughs> the stars you see on that man, they don't do anything. It's like <laughs> freckles. Well, he's got too many of them. Yeah, get rid of them. Paint over his freckles. <laughs> wow, so this man really changed the course of history. Unlike, he did, he did. Yeah. And right. um, he was like celebrated now. Um, when Germany was uniting in the 1800s, they like played up his legend as like we should have listened to him all those years ago. Did, Now's did, our chance. Did did they celebrate him again in like say the 1930s? Uh, probably had a good following <laughs> back then. <laughs> right. yeah. They didn't tell Mussolini about that one. No, they were no, like, they were like no, 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 we're not going to no, cook no, you no. in pots. We- we're going to cook the French <laughs> in the pots. This time. Yeah, you guys are right this time around. <laughs> you Italians, you're okay. Oh, what a dunce. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Going forward in history, we're going to go to Tom. We're going to get so high. High plus one. Because what year are we doing? Where are we at? We're actually not doing me. We're doing oh, Connor oh. again. Doing Connor again. 420 plus one. So yeah. just blaze it and then blaze it again. But yeah. uh, in all transparency, this is probably one of my favorite historical figures. Just love this guy. So I have to. Do you know. know a lot about him, Tom? Because I do. I'll need you to fill in some pieces then. I, I might. There are make a lot some of names in up. here. Oh, all right. I mean, there, it seems like there's room for it too, based off the reading I did of him. Yeah, yeah, there is. Uh, not a lot all happening. Right. So the, this guy that we're going to talk about has a bunch of different names. He was born as Sima Duwen, or Sima Duwen, don't know how it's pronounced, but he's best known as the Emperor Gong of Jin, which, if only he was Bong of Jin, and then he could have died a year earlier, would have been oh, way yeah. radder. Imagine a guy named Bong dying in 420. Bong of Jin? <laughs> like, that is an Englishman's uh, dream. Yeah, yeah, he probably would have died while he was 69ing or something. <laughs> Definitely. You could only assume. Yeah, now, uh, no spoilers, but it's kind of similar to 69ing. Probably yeah, tasted gonna... like it. <laughs> All right, that might be a part I, did, I missed, but here we go. All right. So young Sima, as I'm going to call him for most of this, was born in thir- 386 AD um, in the j- ending of the Jin Dynasty. The Jin Dynasty, China, is on its last legs at this point. And he is the second son of the emperor... Chiao Wu of Jin, and his concubine, the consort Chen 
Guin Yu. Now, his older brother is also has his first name Sima. Um, but his middle name, I guess, was Dezong. So Sima Dezong, who was... Dijon. Sima like mustard. Dijon Mustard, yeah. Okay, right. So we got Sima Dewen and Sima Dijon. Yeah, Sima Dewen Johnson and <laughs> Sima Dijon. It's not, yeah, it's not Sima, like the, the drink. Mm. It's uh, Zima, like the embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> John Cena? Like apologizing in Chinese? It's like John Cena. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Sima Dijon, or Dijon, as we want to call him, was severely, severely handicapped. He was unable to speak his whole life, um, could not clothe himself. They even recorded that he did not know when he was hungry or when he was full. (laughs) He couldn't signal. He was... (laughs) He he would just keep eating as long as he gave it to him, so he couldn't tell, like, is he hungry? Well, he keeps eating, but he's also like shitting his brains out, and so they you know, they didn't know what to do with him. You know what? That's really mean that they say he's special because I do that. If you keep feeding <laughs> me, I'm just gonna keep eating. Well, and that's it's gonna come out of one orifice. But you can clothe yourself. You see, you you can put on a, a snaz, okay? I can, but doesn't mean I won't stop eating. Oh, that's true. If you give me a bunch of mozzarella sticks, I'm an endless pit, dude. <laughs> Shoveling, just keep shovel those mozzarella sticks down. <laughs> Um, now, it might have been um, our friend Sima Duwin, the emperor, future Emperor Gong of Jin, who was f- stuffing those mozzarella sticks down to his brother's throat because he constantly cared for his older brother. They apparently had a very close relationship. He always looked out for him, always wanted to make sure his brother was okay. So he was very, it's really nurturing soul. Um, now, despite all of Dejong's uh, mental handicaps, he was still named Crown Prince, which made him the, emp- the heir to the Jin Dynasty throne. Even though they had Duen, who was perfectly capable of all this and showed great compassion, they're like, no, 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 Duen's gonna, Dijon's gonna be our guy. Yeah, He's which is the, the weirdest thing. I know, like, with, so in Japanese culture, for the most part, like, if you're in a, in a royal bloodline, uh, if you have as so much as a clubbed foot, you're out. But this guy is damaged goods. Like this, this is a a handicapped individual who can barely speak. And they're like, no, no, he's the guy. He's he's, it. A, he's the emperor. Yeah, I, he's I, gonna be it. Like no I mean, one I had f- the balls to be like, hey, how about not him? I feel like uh, Spain and Portugal must have learned some lessons from China. You know, with their royal lineage. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. Now, when Sima Duen is uh, but 10 years old, his father, Emperor Chiao Wu, is murdered. Now, as I said before, uh, his fa- he was the son of his father and his father's favorite, uh, wait, and of one of his concubines. Not, not his favorite concubine, nor his wife. But um, in ni- 396, Chiao Wu is murdered by his favorite concubine. Ooh. So... This is like the period of China where like the emperor has a bunch of different women that are his wives or concubines. And his favorite one uh, murders him reportedly after they were laying in bed together. And he made a joke where he said, oh, you're 30 years old. You might be getting too old for me. And then she (laughs) suffocated him with a pillow. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty fun. I mean, careful, you know. Yeah, <laughs> gotta watch your mouth. Thirty, ooh, too old. Yeah. 
Um, and she, yeah, she strangled him with a, I think it was strangled him with a blanket. And there, because like, uh, I think it was just like the nature of the like royalty at that time, there were people in the room, but that just watched it happen and like couldn't do anything. And she commanded them like, no, no, no you're going to say he died in his sleep. <laughs> okay. Guess we gotta. Sure. Maybe, maybe he was just into that. Yeah. All right, let's move his meatball son into his chair now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Dijon Mustard becomes the emperor. Despite all of his shortcomings, he was the heir. So he has to become emperor. And that na- changes his name to Emperor An. So now it's Sima Duen looking after his mentally handicapped emperor of an older brother, An. And they're 10 and I think 15, so they, are, they have no hope. They just become pawns in a power struggle that is plaguing Jin China. Uh, there are warlords rebelling, seizing power, generals declaring that they are the emperor, generals declaring that someone else is the emperor, generals saying they speak for these guys, and if they don't, one of them uh, is Liu Wu, who also is just one of these generals that rises up, declares that he is going to be the leader of um, Jin China for... Uh, Sima Duen and for Emperor An. He like basically like uses them as his mouthpiece. Yeah, he's like I'm the yeah. I'm the General Sao's. I I'm the General Sao. Look at me. Look at look at me. Look at I me. am the General <laughs> Sao's. <laughs> um. So so wait. Also, this is these, like the, I don't know too much about. I mean, uh, Chinese history is like whoa, but this is like a period where like China isn't united, right? So there's all these like different. It's, China's united, but it's coming to the end. Like, oh, okay. These brothers are like, it's like fall of Rome type stuff where it's like the, the power is waning. It's not going to last much longer no matter who's in power because there's just too many problems. Right, yeah. right. So this like, this struggle for who is the emperor is almost just like, it's just flagrant. Like no right. one needs to really be concerned with that specifically. There are armies and forces moving in and... Um, yeah. Them being uh, like having this emperor means almost nothing. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like the current day stock market. There's like mainly <laughs> like Google, Amazon. That's it. The rest are just funny business. Yeah, that sounds okay. <laughs> so uh, we pretend Liu to Wu. have an economy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're pretending to have an emperor. Yeah. Uh, so Liu Wu, as I said, one of these powerful generals that's rising up. He heard a prophecy that stated, quote, there will be two more emperors after Chang Ming. Chang Ming, um, I think, translates roughly to the dawn or something. But it was also one of the honorific names that uh, Sima Duen's father had. So basically, the emperor who got strangled by his uh, prostitute, well, not prostitute, that's rude, concubine. Mm. He's, Sex it's basically worker. saying, like, you'll be the emperor... Two to- like once there are two more in between, so he's like, all right, well we're already up to one, so I guess I have to kill Emperor An and then have Sima Duen become emperor, and then once he's gone, I'll be the emperor. I'm gonna be That's the Dijon. Plan. I'm gonna be yeah, the spicy I'm be brown. The Sometimes you have to fulfill your own prophecy, and yeah. it doesn't matter that you have to kill a handicapped kid. And then so. his younger, and then his younger brother. Right. Yeah. He's overall, a nice guy. Yeah, seems to be fine. Yeah, he's you know, fine. You can't just sit back. Sometimes you got to grab the goat by the dick. You got to tell it where to go. You got to run it through the corn maze, and then you're gonna get ahead in life. <laughs> yeah, to bring a goat to a corn maze. 
Yeah. Let's make that one popular. <laughs> <laughs> That's like bringing a goat to a corn maze. <laughs> uh, so Liu Yu uh, plans to, begins his plots to have Emperor On assassinated. Um, but the only problem is Sima Duen never leaves this guy's side. He's always making sure his, ol- his older brother is well cared for and is not being uh, stabbed by any assassins. Now, he does this all the time, but one, one little day he gets sick. Don't know if it was Corona, but uh, he was sick and had to stay home. And so that's when Liu su- seized his chance, had An killed, and proclaimed Duen the Emperor Gong of Jin. Whew. Now he's finally got his name. Wow. Well, so our subject died on 421. No, well, he's not dead. Oh, he's not dead yet. He's no, not dead. We're that, was his his... Old, that was his older mentally handicapped brother oh, who died. His older now brother. he now, becomes okay. emperor. Right. But we're already in 420, which shows you how much time we've got left. Oh, yeah. Mr. Well, now he, now he got blazed, so he's letting his guard down. All these assassins are going to come out. Yeah, so he, right when he became emperor, was like, this shit's not going to last, and I am not made for this at all. So he abdicates his throne to that aforementioned Liu Yu um, basically immediately. He's like, I want no part of this. I am out. See you later. You're, you can be the emperor. And that ends the Jin dynasty right there. Now, you because he plotted and schemed his way to the throne, is like, yeah, there's no way you actually just abdicated like that. I bet you're trying to have me overthrown. Yeah. So he's like, now I gotta kill you because even though you abdicated to give me the throne, I don't, I don't trust you. Even yeah. though Gong just wants to hang out at home. He can't read the room, you, at all. No. He's, he's like, oh, that was too easy. And like, <laughs> yeah. this dude doesn't want the throne. Our subject is over it. He's like, no, nah. I just want to hang out and be a Buddhist monk, basically. Yeah, like, by by trade, he's a caretaker. He has yeah. <laughs> no, like, he doesn't want to be an emperor. So when the guy comes in, he's just like, hey, we're probably going to kill you if you don't step down. He's just like, take it. I'm out. Right. He's like, yeah. Better keep an eye on that guy. He seems seedy <laughs> to me. So it's kind of like when, you know, the English king married Marge Simpson or whatever her name is and was just like, we got to take this boy out. He might rule the empire of England. Yeah. <laughs> because he married, he's ho- and he's now the Homer. Because like that was just way, way too easy. There's definitely a deeper plot that I just got to kill this guy. Mm. Um, so eventually, um, he couldn't find a way that would work uh, to kill him because... He never left his house. He just hung out at home. So he's like, I don't want to like barge in and kill him. But eventually the paranoia gets too much and he sends soldiers into Gong's home and the soldiers get there and they pressure him to take poison. And he says, nope, I'm not going to take your poison because that suicide is against Buddhist teachings. And they go, okay. So they smother him with a blanket and he dies. Oh, yeah. See what I mean? They just put a blanket in his mouth and they go eat this. So I was talking about, you know. Yeah. It could have been. He and his father both asphyxiated by sleepwear, basically. Yeah. It could have been. Nasty William Sonoma shit. Yeah. (laughs) It could have been the stinky pillow. Everyone's got that stinky pillow. Do you have a stinky pillow? You think it was body pillow? I have a stinky pillow. Yeah, it's it's an anime hentai girl that I. It's a body pillow. (laughs) I'm not even joking. Now that I'm married, uh, I just find more pillows around my apartment. 
They just uh, keep coming in. Well, it's like mitosis. They just split. Like right. Yeah. Yeah. Just just to throw for every occasion. See, I've got some of my own. I've got some shrimp and bread pillows. Um, but yeah, then on top of the ones that my girlfriend has, it's a lot of pillows, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I don't use any of them. I sleep on the floor. Like a like a real Chinese uh fucking democrat. All right, now I think I got this right cuz we're going way far in the future right now. Yeah, back in the time machine. Yeah, back in the time machine. Watch out for those fucking things that live in the fucking tunnels cuz if you go too far in the future, you know the time machine, those guys, they scare the fuck the out of me. The tunnel men? Yeah, those tunnel boys. Well, I forgot what they're called. Uh I, I, uh, flight attendants? Yeah, the flight attendants. Now we're going to Mr. Thomas, and we're going to the year 1421. Awesome. Very awesome. Love it. Wow, we're skipping 14. a whole... We're, we're That's a thousand years. Yeah, holy crap. You yeah. caught me off guard. All right, hold Big on. zip. I gotta pull my computer up. <laughs> All right. A thousand years. Where are we going? We're going to England. Oh, Good everyone night. likes England. No one in world history has ever had a problem with the English. I nope. don't think. No. No, siree. Uh, we're going to find one guy who gets a little hot water, perhaps. But uh, comparatively, the English are rather nice. Thomas of Lancaster, Duke of Clarence. Wow. Oh. All right. So this guy is best known for being squished by Scots and Frenchmen in an embarrassing defeat. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the second son of Henry IV of England. His older brother was uh, Henry V, and he was heir to the throne. Thomas was second in line if something happened. Shit uh, didn't happen because he's just a Clarence boy. Yeah, he's just Clarence. Never did it. <laughs> uh, uh, born November 1387, probably in London, but could have been Warwickshire. We don't know a lot about his life, so we're skipping right to... Uh, his wedding. He marries his uncle's widow, Margaret Holland. <laughs> Ooh, and he is smooth moves. Stepfather of six kids. So he's the stepfather <laughs> of his cousins. Excellent. Why, English. why isn't there a movie about this guy? Just like a like a rom com type There's thing. A sitcom about yeah. this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I married my aunt, and now I'm the stepfather of my six cousins. Yeah, they're all older than me. Uh, <laughs> now, the couple had no kids, but he did have one child with some wench. Uh, his name was Sir John Clarence, better known as John the Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bastard. His father, good when Henry known number four, became bastard. sick in 1411, and put together a royal council to handle all the royal duties while he dealt with his horrible skin disease. Henry number five was numero uno in the council and said uh, to all the other council members one day, he goes, hey, uh, let's go to war with France. Yeah! Yeah, that's Prince Hal for you. But that's like Henry IV like was not in favor. Yeah, that's like a like a English pastime. They're like, well, well, we don't have anything to do. We're gonna go to war with France or Scotland or Wales <laughs> or Ireland. Lads, let's right. go to France. Right, and since Henry the Fourth, I guess you could could consider him a progressive, because even in his ill state, he said, "No, we're not doing that." <laughs> and 
he kicked Henry Five out of the board and brought in Thomas of Lancaster, who didn't seem very interested in being there. So he just did whatever his dad said. Good time. He wasn't. He wasn't a dad, puff. I, he wasn't a puffer. I gotta get back to my cousin's sons, please. <laughs> please, Dad, I'll do whatever you says. My cousin daughters, they're driving me crazy. It'd be so good if like royalty talked like that. <laughs> like nineteen forties Jersey all. accents. Yeah. Let's see, I gotta get little Jerry to soccer practice, then we're gonna go down to the pub with small Lisa, then we're gonna go down and, and little Bartman, my favorite dude, we gotta go and like look at fish in the river. Thames. After my wife cleans all the mirrors, we're gonna go down at a bar. Alright, in fourteen thirteen. Uh, Henry IV was eaten alive by his own skin. So Henry V takes the throne and immediately goes to war with France. Saw that coming. Yeah. Thus started Thomas's glorious military career. He commanded the besiegement of Cain and Rhone between 1418 and 1419, which made him feel good about himself, as it were. Oh, that's good. Boost your confidence a little yeah. bit. Goes a long way. Now Henry V negotiated the Treaty of Troyers, which claimed Henry would take the French throne upon the death of King Charles the Sixth. The treaty is part of the one of the motivations behind the Hundred Years' War, but not much to do with our subject, so we're gonna drop it there. Thomas was told to lead the charge through Anjou and Maine. His men camped up in a village called Villebaug. Now that was French as fuck, that pronunciation. <laughs> Real Oh, yeah, the Rio Bog. Oh, God. <laughs> Any French speaking audience members, you're welcome. Welcome to Bog Village. Hey, hey, uh, look. Hey, uh, Pierre, let's go to the Rio Bog. Yeah, we got five stores that specialize in size 15 boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we're going to go down to the Champ Elise. What is that? <laughs> The Champes Elysius. Yeah, Champ Elise. Now, while his men were stationed in this little village of toad people, um, they were surrounded by Franco-Scot troops. Now, we know the Scottish never really liked the English. They kind of get along now on paper, but... Wherever, Even that's fading. <laughs> when they can, they're going to fight some English. Now, Thomas... Um, Thomas's men took free reign of the town they were in, and they uh, went... Pretty hard on keeping it under control. So uh, they kind of like really settled up in this town. Then they, he starts losing control of his troops. They start wandering around and they, you know, move into people's houses. And uh, they kind of stop fighting for him. I believe he was manning about 4,000 people. And a lot of them just kind of disappeared because they were there long enough and over the course of the battle. So now he's down to about 1,500 people that he's able to command. Uh, so one of these days, March 22nd, 1421, one of his men catches a Scots guard and brings him before Thomas. Now, Thomas wanted to start this uh, heavily outmanned fight. It was 1,500 to 5,000. Um, but it was Easter, so he had to wait. So he waits till Monday, and he launches this clunky attack, right? And it did not go well. And he ended up being dehorsed by a Scottish knight and maced to death. Ooh. Oh, that, that's kind of it. There's not a lot oh on this guy. Other than that. <laughs> he got squished bad. 
Whoa, there goes my horse. Like, I'm just imagining the horse is like, it's greased or something. Like, it doesn't get shot with like an arrow. Like, it just slips out from under him. Someone's like, like I got a great prank. We're just going to cover his saddle in butter. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So the horse just like shoots off. And <laughs> some fucking French Scottish guy is like, oh, laddie. And he <laughs> smacks him on the head while he's on the ground. I would like to know if like anyone in history during a battle used the phrase, I've been to horsed. <laughs> <laughs> That might be fun. It's a good way to die, I guess. Just getting mushed. Being dehorsed and maced in the brain. That, that's what all the serfs used to do, just scream. They'd be like, I don't have a horse. So they'd go, I'm dehorsed! Dehorsed! I'm dehorsed! <laughs> My horse privileges. <laughs> well, that's about it for that guy. So, well, um, rest just, in peace. I'll do the little, little sound effect that you were doing, Travis. It's gonna be like, zwang, 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 zwang. Okay, we're going a hundred years into the future, and we're going to Portugal. Ooh, one of my yeah. favorite chicken. Chicken, or we gotta everyone have fried chicken. Put it in your pockets. Yeah, because we're in Portugal. So John the Sixth is who you're referring to. Yeah, He's one of our favorite subjects here on Roast Mortem. Chicken pockets, very greasy. Invented the double down, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that oh was my. about a, that was about a hundred years after this. This fellow here. King Manuel the Fortunate. Oh, I bet he had a great life. Yeah. He did, actually. He did. Oh, um, that's good to hear. He, he happened to be in power when a lot of interesting things were happening for Portugal. And he wasn't a dummy. Uh, so I'll tell you all about it. He's kind of a big deal. Uh, the guy was... He, he sponsored the Vasco da Gama exploration that led to the Indian Sea. So this was like the beginning of Portugal being the powerhouse trading country they were. He was also he was also like a secondhand inquisitionist, which I will explain. Uh, not not free of guilt, but it's weird how it plays out. So born May thirty first, fourteen sixty nine, Ferdinand, Duke of Vizu and. Uh, Beatrice of Portu uh, Portugal, that was, those are his parents. Sorry, I phrased that weird. Uh, royal blood, as you do. Inbred royal blood. Now, there's a lot of infighting in this family. Lots of drama. Could very easily make for a good HBO show. Because mm. people oh. are trying to kill each other, and they do kill each other. So our boy Manuel, he spends a lot of his time worrying. He's like, who's going to kill me? Who's going to kill my dad? Who's going to kill all these things? Um, he's not in line to be in the throne. He's a, he's a royal member of the family, but King John, who is in power in, in 1493, he names Manuel heir to the throne due to some infighting amongst his immediate family. He so, thinks that his kids are going to try to kill him. So he's just like, you know what, Manuel, you're it. So I'm 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 getting the sense of like a Portuguese Larry David. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, yeah, like he's, he's just worried all the into, time. Yeah, he's just worried, and then he's walking into situations where he has to yeah. be more worried. <laughs> um, yeah, but this was purely out of luck that he is named the heir to the throne. Throne. So the nickname Manuel the Fortunate comes from this. So seceded. John on his death in 1495. Now, under Manuel, Brazil was discovered. As I mentioned, the Indian Ocean was discovered. 
uh, the capture of Malacca, which is modern-day Malaysia, happened, along with some other very impressive feats that the Portuguese pulled off. So he had this thing going for him. He had, like, the magic touch for the king. He had a lot of respect. We don't know. He probably had very little to do with these things. But he's just like, oh, I, I like boats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get over there. You, your boating men. Yeah. That's a beautiful boat you got there. Would you like to go sail in that direction and find a, a leopard? Give me, go, come back with one leopard egg, please. And bring <laughs> some of this rice and see if there's something you can put in here that makes it taste better. You know? Yeah, maybe yeah, from the like, sea in a big pot. Good God, I am so sick of KFC. They have no flavor, and the guy comes back on the boat. You ever try Popeyes? It's Louisiana. <laughs> it's got more spice. Beautiful. Very beautiful. I don't and think also, they were Megan, in that area Me of the Americas at this Megan, point. Megan De or whatever is a representative of Popeyes. Is she? Yes. God, that's loaded. Um... <laughs> I'm making that up. <laughs> I, I believe you. <laughs> it's nothing surprises me these days. Now, he was a royal absolutionist, so whatever he said went. He wasn't exactly unfair, but he didn't take to any feedback. He was not that kind of guy. Um, he was very confident. He was like, look, I gotta, I'm here, I'm in this situation, I'm probably gonna get, gonna get killed, so if I start taking feedback i'm gonna seem weaker yeah all right so good on so i can't give an inch now yeah he's putting on his power suit right yeah, he's got and, big ass shoulders and to be totally fair he was not like an asshole to his people or anything he just wouldn't take suggestion uh he was a man of god and in the beginning like i said he's pretty fair but his predecessor john ii had locked up loads of jews right Ooh, he was they big love on locking up Jews. The, the Iberian Peninsula, man, do they like a good little locking up Jews sesh? I, I'm saying so. When I mentioned before, this guy is like a, um, he's like a half-assed Inquisitionist. That's what we're gonna get into right here. So, so John the second, he's this mean-ass guy, real mean. But Manuel, he was just like, I'm not like that. I'm not mean. I'm gonna let y'all go. Then I'm Manuel, fun guy. But then Manuel met his uh, first wife, Infanta Isabella of Aragon, so Spanish royalty, okay? Mm. Now, this could put him in line for the Spanish throne as well, and as you mentioned, Travis, uh, the Spanish, they hate the Jews. So, oh, yeah. Really, her, her family was like, yeah, you let out the Jews. Oh, you, why'd you don't do like that? it. Don't like it. <laughs> so in order to marry Isabella, he signed a contract stating that he would persecute the Jews of Portugal. Uh, <laughs> just like, all right. That's like, is that like a contract that you sign when you go to like one of those sleazy like mattress places like in the small fine print? Like, oh yeah, I'd love this king size mattress. Like, this guy's sign right here that you're going to persecute Jews. <laughs> yeah. what? Wait, what did I just sign? <laughs> Don't worry about that small print. Yeah, uh, this is Bob's Furniture, but sorry. <laughs> you got a great APR. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> Might cost your soul. Who knows? Yeah, lowest lowest monthly payments, but you got to persecute some Jews every once in a while. Well, as you can guess, the, the uh, things for Jews kind of go downhill for a little bit here. He ordered the conversion of the Jewish population, giving them the option to leave without their children as the alternative. Um, oh. Which is pretty terrible. 
Wait, so it's leave without your kids and keep your faith or convert here. Yeah. So not even leave with with your kids. It's leave without your kids. Yeah. Well, you can leave, but we're taking those kids. We're going to make them good little Catholics. We're going to show them how to make Christmas ornaments and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if they uh, they chose to leave, they can only leave on boats supplied by the king in Lisbon. So that's, yeah, that's not, not suspect at all. Yeah, yeah not right. at all. So the ones dude, who we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you the best boats, dude. We're have you ever, have you guys ever heard hey, of we, Carnival? We our, we Carnival Cruise, boats, Carnival Cruise Line. What? Come on, but we have our own boats. <laughs> well, check out yeah. this rift. The ones who chose to leave by the king's boat had to meet in Lisbon, where they were pushed to convert, and the ships were delayed uh, to keep as many of them there. And just keep pushing them. Just like, hey, you, know, you don't have to get on a boat. I can kill you. <laughs> <laughs> don't have to get on there, you know? So, oh my God. Now you got Manuel who's trying to throw them a bone because he's like, look, if you convert and get baptized, I will make it legally. Ex- you will. I will make you legally exempt from religious-based inquiry from the state for the next 30 years. So, Manuel now, he seems like he's got some of his bases covered. Because he's just like, look, just do this superficially. You can practice whatever the fuck you want in your home. I don't care. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That's a good sign. Just say you're a Jew for Jesus when you go to the mall. That's all. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) That's all they want. Now, that didn't stop the Lisbon Massacre, where a bunch of Catholics went into the Jewish neighborhoods of Lisbon and killed thousands of Jews. But Manuel did go out of his way to throw the Jews another bone and actually persecute the people who did that. All right, nice. So this is what I mean where he's like a secondhand Inquisitionist. A lot of things happening under him and the church, and he's like, "Uh, that one's not good. Yeah, but he's also just, like, pussy-whipped, because he's just doing this uh, for his wife and his fa- and their family. It's part of the c- part yeah. of the prenup that he signed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can throw that in the trash, because she dies in 1498 during childbirth. Mm. So Manuel, he just gives up on the uh, ruling in Spain thing, but he wasn't done boning the Aragon. So he married her younger sister, and they had two sons, but she ends up dying in 1517. Was was the catch that all oh, those two sons magically born Jewish, even though their mother wasn't Jewish? They came out with the curls. <laughs> yeah, that's just happens like that. It's yeah, weird the paella just just pops out like that. Oh my god, they're too, they look so much like Wood and Allen. <laughs> now during 1521, Lisbon got a nasty case of the Black Plague, and this is probably what got him December fourth. 1521, he came down with a nasty fever, and by December 13th, he was carried out in a box and put in the the hole because he was dead. Quick turn. Yeah. <laughs> so he, there's a lot more we could have unpacked with him, but I think it's interesting that he like, kind of went out of his way to trigger some real Jew killing and then was like trying to piece it back together. As yeah. it happened. Oh, I take it back, guys. I take it back. <laughs> so he definitely wasn't a mensch, but, you know. No. He was yeah. a stupid goy. Ugh, goy yeah. boy. He was definitely goy boy. So that's uh, that's it for Manuel the, uh, uh, the fortunate. I don't know. Would you say dying of the plague or being maced after being dehorsed is the worst way to go? 
Oh, Oof. I would definitely like to be maced. Yeah, I'd take macing over Black Death for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious when, when we when we finish with all of our people, who of them we, we had the death that we most envy, and who are the worst that we don't oh, want? That's, that's okay. So bad. So what do we have? So we're at the halfway mark. What are our deaths so far? We have poisoned by your own wine that you poured. <laughs> poisoned, poisoned by your own poison backfiring. Yeah, beat beaten um, by stabbed by, slash beaten to death by yeah. your. Loyal lieutenants, I guess. Yeah. Um, then smothered by a blanket. Yeah. Or asphyxiated with a blanket. It's good. And then it's not bad. And then we the dehorse and macing. Dehorse and mace. I got a. I, I got. That's a package deal. Yeah. yeah. Package deal. You You're fall falling off the, off horse. the horse. Yeah. And then beat to dead by a, death by a redhead. <laughs> uh, and then black plague. And then black plague. Probably yeah. the worst. Probably so the worst way to go so far. So everyone listening along, this is the halfway mark. Keep those in your, your mind. You can you can decide. You can you can tweet at us or whatever. Let us know how you would do one. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think there'll be a better death yeah. in the second half, or do you think it's, yeah, we've gotten knows? the worst over with? <laughs> Got to figure it out. <laughs> All right, um, All right. guys. All right, time machine starting back up. Man. <laughs> Love that sound. Yeah. yeah. We are now entering 1621 uh, for our death day. But you got you you guys know the guys that wear fucking belt buckles on their head? Pilgrims? 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 Yeah, the Pilgrims. Came over in the Mayflower, landed at Plymouth Rock. You know, the started kind of the first American colony, even though there was Jamestown. But everyone or just... Plymouth Rock land on them. Yeah, forget about that. It's all about the pilgrims, because they mm-hmm. have turkey dinners, and they know how to hang out in Massachusetts. Not hard, you may- apparently. That bit, <laughs> that last thing you said. Easy. Yeah. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, you may have heard of the governor, William Bradford, but we're not going to be roasting William Bradford. We're roasting Plymouth's first governor that only lasted about five months, John Carver. Mm. <laughs> okay. So John Carver was one of the uh, morons that led a bunch of religious extremists across the Atlantic to modern-day Massachusetts. Um, think of, I think one of my favorite like horror movies, The Witch, the two Vs, the Witch. The Witch. You mean the yeah. one with um, the English guys? Yeah, the one with the guy who's in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh wait, he's like, I've never seen Game it. of Thrones. Oh, uh, he like there's a guy that likes to chop wood. Yeah, that's him. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Carver was born in 1584 in England, but his family moved to Leiden, Holland, Leiden, Holland, um, and he joined the Walloon Church, which is basically a uh, religious extremist Protestants. We've talked about them before in a different name. They're known as the Calvinist. Right, and the, so, and the back uh, uh, in the back of all of their Bibles was for the children. They had a uh, one layout of the game. Where's Walloon? <laughs> <laughs> they part of their religious ceremony was they had to cut out of their knickers. They would cut a hole and they paint their butts red, like a Walloon, <laughs> and they had I R Walloon. <laughs> All right. Well, this is getting perfect. Continue. Yeah. So John Carver became a deacon of the church in 1609 
Uh, shortly after, uh, he had a wife and child, and they both died. Thanks. Good job, God. Good praying. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he remarries this broad named Catherine White, who was a member of the Leiden uh, English Separatist Church. So it was these people that were in Holland that were English and were like, we don't like England. We got to find our own place. Basically, yeah. the pil- the pilgrims as we know them. Right. Yeah. I, I just read about that recently. I, I didn't know that. I thought it was like, I thought it was English and Dutch people separately as the pilgrims, but it's mostly English people who went to the Netherlands for a while and then went over. Yeah. It's big. Be- it's basically like all those, you see all those like old guys that move to like Thailand and like, fuck American taxes. Yeah. It's like them, like, you know. That's yeah. me. That will be me. <laughs> yeah, you're going to go to Thailand and then you're going to form a group that's like, fuck America, even though I'm not in America, and then like colonize Antarctica. Or well, something. that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to go there to avoid the taxes. I'm not going to say right. fuck it. I'll just be it's a little pricey and I don't seem to like it that much. So I feel like we're taught with the pilgrims that these were people like seeking religious freedom, but in reality, they're the Protestant version of ISIS. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, gee, I wonder if that's why America is so fucking strange. It is yeah. weird how like the yeah. narrative taught in schools is that the pilgrims came here for religious freedom, but in reality, they came here so they could kill people who didn't like their rule and have no government get in the way and go, hey, you can't kill those people because they're not your religion. I feel like if they had battery acid, that would be on women's faces very quickly. Yeah, probably. But anyway. yeah, terrible people that founded the country. uh, Instead, they use the scarlet letter A. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of battery acid. Take this. It's the first one in the alphabet. So Carver gets more and more involved in his wife's separatist movement. Until in 1617, uh, him and this dude, Robert Cushman, go to the Virginian company in London and are like, yo, uh, we want to go to America, basically have a self-governed place. Can we do that? Like, we got money. Because, like, John Carver, uh, John Carver is rich. So he's got money. He's got some sway. He's like, goes to the Virginian company. We got to get out of here. He's like, yeah. So the problem with England Women have too many rights. You can't hang people for masturbating. We need to go to a new place. We got to get out of here. Right. And Sir Edwin Sandy was like, honestly, we all hate you in England. So sure, go for it. If you're willing to, if you're willing to acknowledge the supremacy of the king and the Church of England, uh, sure. So they signed this contract. They're going to be far away anyway. They don't really need to worry about the king and the Church of England. But, well, the, the you know. Sandy fellow probably thought they were going to go over there and die. Yeah, which is what they pretty much did. Well, well some of like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. America is laying the groundwork to like send the weebs to Mars and just yeah. like <laughs> yeah, acknowledge that like we're still you're still American. Go to Mars, fuck around, whatever. Get, yeah, this is lost. this is Elon's plan. He's gonna get mm-hmm. all the Dogecoin investors <laughs> on a rocket ship and just throw them off in the Mars. I'm not against that. <laughs> a little thinning out and not killing people, but letting them go by choice. Like you want to live yeah. on a deserted rock in the middle of nowhere. Go that, for it. That's yeah. where Mike is right now. He couldn't make the show. He's doing astronaut. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. Mike is going to disappear off the face of the planet for like a few years, right? And then I'm going to be retired down in Thailand 
with my angry group of white men. And out of nowhere, I'm going to get a call from him. And he's going to go, uh, can I move in, yo? <laughs> I know it's going to happen. Yeah. Are you still in Savannah, right? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Hey, man. Uh... <laughs> I'm actually in Atlanta right now. Can I move in? <laughs> okay, so now in 1620. Okay, so our date is 1621. So getting close <laughs> already. Yeah. That uh, dehorsing is coming. Ta- uh, John Carver went to Thomas Weston of the, and this is a really cool name for a business, the Merchant Adventurers. Uh, so this guy, Thomas Weston, runs this company, Merchant Adventures. And he's, he struck a deal for a voyage across the Atlantic. And Thomas Weston was like, we're going to use this ship called the Mayflower. It's one of the best ones. You're going to love it. You get all your boys in there. It's going to have a fun time. <clears throat> so the the whole stipulation with Thomas Weston was that anything that they find over there, resources and yada, yada, Weston owns it. So... You can use my ship. If you find anything cool, gold. They were looking for gold. Right. It's not really a lot of gold in Massachusetts. <laughs> and but. Carver's like, I, Carver, Carver's like, yeah, sure. I'm just here to beat women to death. I don't care about the gold. <laughs> yeah, start digging around Boston Harbor for that famous gold. Yeah. So John Carver, his wife Catherine, and their five servants boarded the Mayflower along with the rest of the religious extremists. There's about 150 in total. Um, Carver was elected as governor during the voyage across the Atlantic, basically because he had f- put down a fuck ton of money towards, like, his own personal money towards the trip. So, like, you, you did the most money, so you're governor on the ship. And uh, let me tell you, this crossing was far from peaches and bologna because people were dying left and right. They were sick. Well- they hadn't been in Georgia yet. Of course, there's no peaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no peaches, no bologna. They're having a bad time. People got really sick. They started to get scurvy, which is a big thing. The scurvy didn't really kick in until after they landed. So that that was extra nice. You know, their teeth started to probably get a little loose on the trip. But then when they landed, there. everyone's teeth are already loose in this time period. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, what, you know, what are your symptoms? Well, my teeth are a little loose. Well, you're fine. Yeah, oh, you're just, good, good thing they're not too tight. That would be weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here, bite this rock. So, bam, boom, a bunch of people got sick, uh, or some people died. They're going to die soon. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but they made it. They, landed, they anchored off the coast of Cape Cod on November 21st, 1620, uh, and they did the Mayflower Compact. And in that document which is one of the first governing documents of the Plymouth uh, colony they made our boy John Carver the official governor of the said colony so he was like boat way to boat go governor John. now he's land governor boat governor to, to the mainland I could do it on water I could certainly do it on land now get me <laughs> some of these delicious potato chips you guys are talking about <laughs> It's like the, the Mars guy would be like, I did the most Dogecoin, so I'm the space governor, and now I'm the Mars governor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the decentralized governor. I'm going to be the first one to step foot on Mars without a spacesuit. This is my blockchain governor. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a blockchain that governs what happens in my life. 
So John is like, all right, boys, I'm the governor. This would be great. I know most of you are sick, but we're going to step off this boat. We can stone women immediately. We can practice <laughs> BDSM for God because they're on the flagellation and whipping each other. Good. It's going to be so much better than England or Holland, guys. This is great. So within the first uh, few months, half of the Mayflower uh, passengers died. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, 100 uh, sorry, I think I said there was 150. I think it was closer to 200. 102 passengers died. Um, right. That is quite the number. Yeah. How many of them were um, treacherous women? <laughs> I mean, they all were. How many of them were the servants that just kind of got dragged along? <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. yeah, that does suck. Uh, so Carver, Carver was able to do one thing before he died that was cool. Um, and in March uh, 22nd in 1621, he worked out a peace treaty and mutual protection agreement with the leader of the Wapanag, uh, the leader of the Wapanag, this dude named Massasuit. And that's Massasuit. like, that's like uh, Thanksgiving shit, right? You know, oh, awesome. <laughs> I mean, Thanksgiving. So I was just watching something about Thanksgiving. Apparently, it just used to be a thing that the king would do. They're like, hey, we're going to have a Thanksgiving because everything's great. <laughs> and so then they like, the Americans kind of, well, Lincoln was the one that stated it, where he was like, remember when these guys worked with the Indians and had maybe a turkey and some corn? <laughs> Let's have turkey and corn. Let's have turkey and corn. God, I love so Thanksgiving. That was, that was the one mm. big thing that this guy did. And a month later, John was working out in the field. He got a headache, went to go have a little nappy time inside. Slipped into a coma and died a few days later. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. Well, that's what happened in in Pilgrim times. Oh, and guess... his wife his wife died five weeks after him. So great job, John Carver. Nice. <laughs> you just made it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what do you like? Firstly, that's nowhere near the top of my how to die list. Secondly, um. Any tales? Like, did, did these people go like, ah, oh, man, I got a headache. I should not go to bed. <laughs> yeah, right? Anything is just like standard practice. Like, oh, do you have a headache? Stay up forever. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Don't sleep. He, he was like, I just, I'm tired. I've been pushing dirt around to grow a string bean. <laughs> I'm going to go lay down. <laughs> it's a good cold weather crop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Uh, you know who's better, though? Who's more fun? Who's more fun than this fucking uh, starched collar of a guy named Carver? I'm talking about a real boy. I'm talking about Nathaniel Hawes. Haw! Haw! Skull! H-A-W-E-S. Now. Nate Hawes. Nathaniel Hawes is basically a character out of Oliver Twist. Okay? Catch this. He's born in 1701. Exact date, not known. It's not important. Okay? <laughs> Who no. cares? He's in Norfolk, England. His father is a rich guy, but kind of like Oliver Twist, he dies before Nathaniel's even won. So his extended family takes care of him. He's shipped around. And then I don't know what age it is, maybe nine or ten, he's shipped off to London to be an apprentice for an upholsterer. Oh, shit. I'm going to make your couch so good, governor. <laughs> well... He's, he's out there, he's making couches better, and uh, in his own words, he fell into expensive company. 
See, he liked to party and have nice things, uh, but he was not born into that life. Uh, his dad took that with him to the grave. So mm. he felt Tough. somewhat entitled to it, okay? So he began stealing stuff from his master, and eventually he was caught and kicked out of the house. Get out, you ass. You took my Pokemon card. <laughs> no. Don't touch any couches. <laughs> uh, he didn't listen. He went to work for another upholsterer who, within a few months, found so some of his things were missing. <laughs> Before it could be brought up, Hawes left to find work somewhere else. His master did notice on the way out he had some nice stuff. He was wearing some, like, uh, very well-pressed shirt with ruffles on it. So he asked the police to investigate Hawes' friend's house, Mr. John Phillip. So the police back then, they don't, this is England, they don't need warrants, they just walk in, they go, hello, Gavna. <laughs> and they just break your house, right? So they found all these stolen goods oh. from the houses of the, the two masters, right? So Hawes confessed to selling the stolen goods to Phillips. Now, he was tried, but with a lot of leniency. You see, he claimed that Phillips persuaded him to steal the goods. He was tried mm. and found guilty of stealing 39 shillings worth of goods, the upper limit for a minor punishment. Now, if he had, he had actually stolen eight pounds worth of goods, but if he had been found guilty of that, they would have hung the little man. And he was just 19 at this point. Hmm. As Buddy Phillips' sentence was much harsher, he spent uh, a nice amount of his life in the can. Hawes was actually pardoned. They were like, you know, he's young. He's, he Let had a rich dad. The young boy. Oh. <laughs> have, have you seen the Ottomans that this kid makes? He's got a whole life ahead of him. And his dad was rich, so clearly something's going, can go good for him. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had a rich dad. His dad died. Bad luck, okay? So then he tries to get... Not, not that he tries. He gets right back into thieving. He partners <laughs> up with a guy named John James, and they uh, commit a series of burglaries. Uh, later on, James was thrown under the bus by young Nathaniel Hawthorne to save his own ass. Not Hawthorne, just Hawes. Um, to save his own ass. So he's a, he's a snitch. He is a stool pigeon. Yeah. Now, now my uh, my feeling of this guy has gone down. Oh, it should. He's a total snitch. Uh, he has yeah. a history of this. No, no loyalty amongst thieves here. That's what happens when you have a rich dad. Yeah. You, you don't a, know. You become a, a thieving snitch. <laughs> right. So James was tried in October of 1721 for highway robbery on Hanwell Heath. That's some highway, I guess. Um, the two it's, where Heath, had... it's where Heathrow was built, I guess. <laughs> Why not? Now, he went out with one of his, uh, with James again, John James. The two robbers had had a falling out whether they should return a ring to a victim who begged for it, claiming that it had sentimental value. Now, apparently, uh, you could be a robber and have your morals. If, if someone, like, if you stick someone up and you go, give me your ring. And they go, no, this ring is uh, given to me by my dead dad. The robbers are supposed to leave the ring because it has <laughs> sentimental value. See, now they can the take all the, the money. Stuff. See, that is such an English thing. One of my, my buddies, who he, he's from Essex, and he was saying that his, friend, his friends got 
held up at knife point because this is uh, London, right? They don't have guns. No. So held up at knife point to give him his phone. It was, at the time, it was probably what like a like a like a sidekick or some shit. something on cricket mobile. <laughs> yeah, give me um, that Motorola Razor. Yeah, and that guy's like, oh, I gotta give me that fucking phone. You dangerous slag. And the guy was like, uh, all right, you can have my phone, but can I just like take the SIM card out? Like it has all my contacts. And the guy was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so he just like sat there, let him take the SIM card out, and gave him the phone. <laughs> I'd be like, nowadays, I'd be like, can I just, like, back up all my shit to the cloud, and then I'll give it to you? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. take the time. To- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, th- that's one thing England has over us, I would say. The politeness of thieves. Hey, I mean, in New York, they'll just push you into the fucking subway tracks. <laughs> well, that's very true. Uh, we don't know if this story is actually true, though. This is a, um... He claims to be a gentleman, this guy, Hawes, in his uh, letters, papers, diaries, uh, press Well, he had a rich dad. He had a rich yeah. dad. So every time he was, like, talking about his thievery, there was always this element of being a gentleman, uh, which was probably bullshit. Um, Hawes had, according, uh, according to his own story, he had returned the ring, but James had grabbed it back. Uh, James was actually convicted and sentenced to death and Hawes got out, of the, got out of that. He just got sentenced to some time in prison. Um, he was placed in new prison, which, as it stands, is rather old. <laughs> <laughs> After some time in prison, uh, he and an accomplice broke out. The two criminals went on robbing and stealing. Um, they went on a, a stealing spree. I just love stealing. I just really enjoy it. Yeah. So, so Give I'm, me that Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I feel like this is like this is like Peaky Blinders, but like 150 years earlier or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that's another show I haven't watched. Oh, so good. Like instead of Tommy guns, they're using like um, five different single shot revolvers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're definitely doing stand ups. I mean, uh, stick ups and stuff. I don't. I, they're they're doing highway robbery, but yeah. right now they're they're actually doing uh, uh, a bunch of robbery in this little town where they were stowed away. I think they stayed with this lady. Um, one of the kinder acts that he recounts, which we don't know if it's true, is that he found himself robbing a hat salesman. But when he found <laughs> that uh, the man was rather poor, he returned the money back to him. <laughs> oh, okay. Not the hats. Yeah, he not the kept hats. Kept all the hats though. <laughs> He only had a few tuppence, so he felt bad. He's like, ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His final crime took place on November 24th when he was uncharacteristically committed, uh, committed a crime on his own. Okay, I, if you can't tell, I copied and pasted that from my resource. Uh, he approached Richard Hall, <laughs> the man he robbed, um, and held a pistol to him, telling him to get off his horse. After Hall handed him four shillings. Oh, he dehorsed he dehorsed him? <laughs> he dehorsed him. He dehorsed him. Oh my god. Whoa. Whoa. That's true. He Another dehorsed him, but but it, it, it goes backwards. He doesn't do it the Scottish way. He actually um gets the pistol wrestled away from him. And Hawes is uh, apprehended. Oh. So at his trial, he refused to plead, which is interesting. Apparently you have to plead guilty or not guilty. They can't just Say how you plead. Well, we're going to assume this way, not guilty, and then try you based on that after, which is stupid. Because if you think someone right. refuses to plead, That's you just weird. assume they're not guilty and then go ahead with the trial, right? 
Do you think he thought he had like found a loophole where they're like, all right, yes. now enter your plea? And he's like, no. <laughs> Connor, that's exactly what I was it. thinking. I was like, one of them is going to die was... before I got to do this. I'm young. I could do this all day. <laughs> I-, I feel like he would just kept thinking and like he was just like pissed off and fuming that he didn't have a mace after he dehorsed that man. <laughs> yeah, probably. I needed the mace to smack him. Yeah. I should have so- shot him. So here's what's great. If you don't plead at all, the courts torture you until you plead. It doesn't matter whether it's guilty or not guilty. So after uh, having a guy sit on him. Fire up the brands. They just had a guy sit on him, a fat guy, in his prison cell for about seven minutes. Uh, And then he goes, This is still uh, practiced in England today. (laughs) More weight. It's Boris Johnson himself. Eating uh, uh, hamburger sandwiches. <laughs> after he was convicted, That's the, uh, Boris Johnson's descended from a long lines of sitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's not going anywhere. <laughs> after he was convicted and sentenced to hang, Hawes tried to play it off like iceberg slim, meaning that he talked to a lot of press and admitted to some crimes that he did, and claimed it was on the nature of cautionary tale, so the youngins would listen to him and not go down the path he did. But that was all bullshit. No one cared. He was hanged in Tyburn. I want you guys to steal just like me. <laughs> yeah, do it better. If you're gonna steal, don't get caught like <laughs> smart old me. You're 21, sir. <laughs> he was 21 when he died. He was hung the 21st of December 1721 in Tyburn. And Tyburn is in West Central London and apparently people have been getting hanged there for a very long time. So that's that. Oh. That's our guy. That's Nathaniel that's like Hawes, the- who is, uh, y- there's a little more research on him that, that we could have gone into, but overall, he's just a guy who sticks people up and claims to be a Robin Hood-esque man. But without giving any money think- to poor people. Do you think that that air, what was it, the tire, the, the place where they hang people? Do you think that they maybe just buried a few Indians there just to make it a little extra spooky? In Tyburn? That's, uh, yeah, in Tyburn, just like a few of them. So like when you're getting in, hanged. Yeah, but it's London. Yeah, they brought Pocahontas back. So you think she was buried at Tyburn? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you say... Why not? And, 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 you just want them to have you, the gallows uh, over a burial ground? <laughs> And you're maybe referring like, to them maybe as, just as Indians, like, um, not maybe just like are, the actual <laughs> Indians that are there, the the Curry Indians. Oh well, I mean they could have been like Gherkin, Gurkhas or something. They like buried Gherkins, the pickled men, the pickled men, tiny little pickles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this is ridiculous. All, All right. right, take us. A zoom, 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 zoom. That's what the sound of the 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 ship makes. Mazda. Okay. Zoom, zoom. <laughs> it's an early Mazda, yeah. early 2000s Mazda commercial. Yep. You guys, that, that person saying zoom, zoom definitely sounded like some kind of uh, creepy man. Like whispering. Zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, It's supposed to be a little girl, I think, but little girls can't drive. And they can't no. whisper. No. They just, so they yell. just think about Zoom, zoom. <laughs> <laughs> so zoom, zoom. We're going to the 1800s. Bam. 1820 or 1821. I almost forgot the day of the month, year. Doing it. <laughs> day of Words. the month, year. Words. 
So we're going to be talking about Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seton. Now, you may have not heard of Elizabeth, but she was the first person to be born in America to become a saint. That's right. Wow. America's got saints too, bitches. How many saints do we have? We have a bunch now, but she was well, the well, first. There's one. 53 in New Orleans right now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Football. Well, a little sports joke for you. A little foot, footman. Very good footy joke. <laughs> <laughs> now, Elizabeth was not a bad person. I mainly brought her up because of how much bullshit went into her canonization at a time when Catholicism mm. needed a little bit of a PR boost in America. <laughs> All right. Um, but well, we're going to talk about Elizabeth's life, but again, I'm it's mainly the postmortem that I think is really the, the shitty. That's where she really shines through. Yeah, that's where she really shines. Good. So to quickly go over her life, Elizabeth Ann Bailey was born in 1774 in New York City. Her family was probably some of the earliest settlers in the area. More religious whack jobs, the Huguenots, who were also Calvinists. And half so, robot. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, love her, Jesus Christ. We love him so much. Bow down for Jesus. <laughs> are those like the two microchip guys from uh, Aqua Teen? We oh, love, yeah. <laughs> we love, we love beating women. Yeah. Yes, it is very <laughs> fun to beat women in the name of God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so her father, Richard Bailey, was a surgeon and the chief health officer for the Port of New York in a time when yellow fever was sweeping through the city. So he spent a lot of time on the shithole quarantine island of Staten Island. Mm. Um also, he became Columbia's first professor of anatomy. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about our girl Elizabeth. So, at the age of 19, she marries William McGee Seton. Uh, William's father was a loyalist who had worked in the import-export mercantile firm in his same name. Um, so, young William was a rich kid that traveled the world. And he was very worldly, traveled all over the place, getting them things, bringing them back to America. Good for him. Now, the two of them, after they married, they settled on Wall Street in Manhattan, which um, probably was like, I mean, that's pretty much all that the city was, was like downtown. The rest mm -hmm. of it was just farms and shit. Yeah, we've talked about how Manhattan was like you would go upstate. And it would be where 34th Street is now. But it would yeah. just be like a bunch yeah. of sheep. It's like, I live in the... It would be Penn Station. Like. Yeah. yeah. I live in the country of Manhattan. <laughs> uh, so they became socialites, right? Um, now, basically, there was a conflict between France and the U.S. called the Quasi-Wars. And we can't really get into all of that right now. But William's family business went tits up because of a French blockade in 1800. So the family lost everything, and on top of that, William got the good old TB consumption. Mm, a classic. Yeah, I like how you said that, like Bruce Buffer announcing a fighter coming out. Like, <laughs> the the good old TB consumption. Undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> so we got blockade. Truly, yeah, we got blockade fucking up the family. We got. 
Berkulosis coming in with the elbow. <laughs> and so... In eight, yeah. In 1803, a doctor recommended that William and his family move to a warmer climate. He's like, you know what? They got great diseases down there. They got malaria. They got all these like fun, better diseases and tuberculosis. You got to go somewhere warmer. Now, William being an international trader, he's like, been to Italy before. Let's go and use our last funds to go to Italy. Why Smart. Not? Yeah. Yeah. So they traveled there instantly when they arrived in Italy. They were put into quarantine. They're like, you are sick. You probably have yellow fever uh, because New York is like a dumpster that has yellow fever. Uh, So they were put in quarantine. William, they were released. And then like William died immediately. So Elizabeth (laughs) is there on her own with her kids. I'm assuming they never really pop up into the story after this. So I don't know. Maybe she just dumped them somewhere with some (laughs) Italian man. Um, That's the Roman Catholic way. Yeah. But now she's widowed in another country, and Elizabeth was like, you know what? It's time to convert to a new religion. I'm, I'm grieving. This is the best time for a new religion to move in, right? Like, when you're grieving, you're all hurt. You're like, oh, this is a dog that just popped up. <laughs> Sorry, I just got <laughs> curious and looked at the video effects. <laughs> I'm leaving it. Oh, this is, here's my gay pride flag. Uh, yeah. I'll leave that. That's nice. Yeah. That's fun. So, best time to get a person on a new religion, like, just kill their family and then be like, guess what? I got a better thing that you're going to like more. We got cool people in our church. So, one of the family <laughs> friends. Yeah. One of these people? cool people. Yeah. One of the family friends was like, why don't you attend Catholic Mass? Remember, she's from America. There's not a lot of Catholics there. She's Protestant. So, Elizabeth's like, ooh, I love this. They got great fucking stained glass they got fucking candles everywhere they, they they wear robes and shit i'm a catholic bam she does all that shit so she returns back to new york and gets involved in the saint peter's church which was the only catholic church in new york city um and then she gets involved in a whole bunch of like then oh she gets involved in forming this girls catholic school in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and she starts the Sisters Charity of St. Joseph, which is like an orphanage chain, like McDonald's, but for kids that don't have parents. <laughs> hey, you got to put the kids to work. You might as well have them be in a fast-paced drive through environment. <laughs> Bam, boom. We're not counting her on the list of how would you die, because I don't know. I think she just died of natural causes or some shit. She dies in 1821. Great. Okay, okay, so you say Dead. the uh, canonization process. Now, I've been waiting for that. I actually tuned out most of this. This is why I have a gay flag <laughs> up on my video background, because I just couldn't pay attention to what you were just saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems so, like she lived a very mundane life. Yeah. She's a for rich, the most part. Yeah, she's a rich lady, lived a mundane life, did some charity shit, not a bad person, whatever. Now, let's talk about her legacy. So the charities and the orphanages orphanages um, contributed and preserved her legacy a little bit, but she's pretty much unknown to history, right? Like, as the 19th century drags on, no one really knows who she is, except for the fact that she was rich and started some orphanages. Great. But those orphans must love her. Yeah. But as the 20th century began uh, and the Catholic boy touching reaches its highest gear, right? We're getting into the 20th century. This is when they're like, 
Let me get them volleyballs. The Pope, Americans start to lose faith in the Catholic Church. The Catholics that are there, they're like, I don't know. They're starting to, the pews are starting to empty. And the Pope is like, the Pope is like, he said, I want to make an American saint, like a true American saint. Because what's the <laughs> Go best? Find them. Yeah, what's the best way to engage Americans besides, you know, let's make a fucking American saint, brother? <laughs> the saint of Jeeps. The saint of the Jeep Liberty. Yeah, right. Hold, hold on. What year is this now? What pope? Um, so there was a few popes going on. The first one that was like, I want an American um, saint was, uh, it was the one, I didn't write his name down, but it was like the one at the turn of the century. It was probably either John or Paul or it Innocent. A, <laughs> yeah, it was a guy, it was Innocent. It was a guy before John and Paul who was like, we need an American pope. And then okay. like he dies and like the next guy comes in. So problem was no miracles. She's basically just a rich lady. That doesn't stop the Catholic Church because you can do post-mortem miracles. Oh. So in 1952, a miracle involving the healing of a four-year-old girl named Anne O'Neill from leukemia was attributed to Seton after a nun prayed to, to over her. Like, oh, please, Seton, heal this girl. Miraculously, girl gets better. Boom! Pope John the 13th was like, beautification. She's a beautiful, blessed lady. Even though you're... Sp I feel like they changed the rules, but a bunch of times over history, it's supposed to be two miracles to get beautification and then two miracles after beautification to get canonization. Oh. Mm. I always thought it was three and then I, a 10-year wait period. I think well, you got to fill out the right form, and yeah. then the paperwork has to make its way through the bureaucracy of the Vatican, uh, and that's how you got to like you know jump the lines and stuff. Yeah, and I I think make it sure changed dated correctly. Yeah, all the it, signatures in the right spots. Yeah, <laughs> it changed. It changes. But this this little girl that gets leukemia, she gets better. They prayed to this random ass woman. Bam, <laughs> she's beautified. She's a blessed lady. Now Pope John. Paul gets in. He's like, you know that rule with the two miracles before, two miracles after? Fuck that shit. We need an American saint right now. So some nun prayed to Seton. Some idiot got like esophageal cancer in Jersey. Bam. <laughs> boom. 1975, Seton becomes the first American-born saint. She is a saint of seafarers and widows. Oh, the Catan expansion? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and wow, and that's our girl Elizabeth Seton. Well, uh, I guess I'm happy for her. She didn't seem do to do anything she's wrong. I feel like she's not even happy for her. I feel like she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what yeah, dude, she's she's like, I got in on a technicality. Doesn't I mean, feel a, right. A PR campaign <laughs> for these people. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> It's almost like a participation award, but for, like, the highest honor the Catholic Church can give you. Yeah, right? Hmm. Wow. Strange. It's like, it's, it's like winning, um, like, best sound effects for movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was on a commercial break. We didn't show the award ceremony. Mm -hmm. And the guy who gave the speech actually, like, they just handed a microphone over the aisle. Like, he didn't get to walk uh, on stage. Oh, so actually, I, I read the New York Times article in the archive 
um, from 1975. <laughs> and the big thing about her, like, big canonization thing in the St. Paul's Cathedral or whatever was they got this Italian man to, like, parachute into the <laughs> cathedral. <laughs> it's like, dude, he's coming in. It's American Saint. Whoa. So, so much respect for you. <laughs> I just came yeah. and flying into your church to tell you that there's a new woman in town and you can pray yeah. to her. I'm here to spread the good word of Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow. Well, that's fun. It's fun. Uh, I'm, now, I'm happy for her. Because of that canonization process, we need to take the time machine backwards this time. Oh, yeah. We're going to go back to 1921. And then we got to go back even earlier to talk about the person being born who dies in 1921. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for speeding this up. We got back to January 9th, 1854, which is, of course, the birthday of one Jenny Jerome. Jenny Jerome. Whoa. Jenny Jerome. Jenny Jerome was born in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, uh, to a wealthy American family. Um, two New York broads back to back. Two New York broads back to back. Two New York broads that have strong connections to Europe that we're going to see. Mm. Uh, now, Jenny, um, not a super remarkable childhood. As I said, very wealthy parents. She was known for her beautiful looks and was a very talented pianist at this time. Um, <laughs> yeah, he said it. <laughs> when Does he, she, did she chortle balls? Uh, oh, yeah. We're going to get there. She liked a very specific kind of uh, man to chortle. Uh, we'll see. All right. Because at age 20, uh, Jenny marries Lord Randolph Churchill. And that is when Jenny Jerome of Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, becomes Lady Jennifer Spencer Churchill, also known as Lady Randolph Churchill. So that- now she's got a title. That name um, kind of rings a bell right here. Rings some bells. There's a, a famous one coming. So like I said, she was only 20 years old. They had only met three months before they were married. They were introduced by none other than the Prince of Wales himself, the future King Edward VII of England. Hmm. And just eight months after their wedding day, the lucky Jenny and um, Randolph, Jenny gave birth to a boy that they named Winston. And oh. That was when Winston Churchill was born. So, so uh, Winston Churchill's father was like, I will fight your mother in the bed sheets. I will fight your mother <laughs> on the kitchen counter. We will fight forever. It is such an honor to fuck me before marriage. It is such an honor to be fucking me before we are married. <laughs> Now, uh, there were some rumors about, obviously, you know, only eight months. Was he premature? Was he um, they having sex before marriage? And Winston famously made a remark about, about his birth where he said, although I was present for the event, I do not remember the details. <laughs> he would. Yeah. He would say something fun and smart. But he's a right? no-nonsense man, so he probably was conceived after they got married and was just like, let's move this Get along. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Push, yeah. push Get me the here. paper yeah. through I mean, he was a very big guy. I feel like preemies are usually pretty thin, but he has a preemie face. Yeah, he does. He always had that little baby-like face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderment. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, now, I'm right here. I got my little Churchill boy right here. Oh, look at that little preemie face. <laughs> oh, a little preemie baby. Yeah, cigar like a pacifier. <laughs> uh, so a few years later, um, the couple uh, again had a child. This time it was John, Winston's younger brother. Now, there were some, including Jenny's sisters, who always claimed that John was not actually the son of Randolph Churchill, but rather the son of one Evelyn Boskawin, which is a man named Evelyn. Yeah, I was like, um, wait a minute, lesbians, yeah. this is very progressive. Did they no. adopt? No. Uh, <laughs> um, this guy was a British army officer and a viscount. Um, now... This is just a rumor. It's probably not true because if you look at pictures of them, it's like, oh, no, no. He looks exactly like Randolph Churchill and he looks exactly like Winston. Like, right. It's probably but, untrue. But, but the reason everyone believed it is because Elizabeth, uh, sorry, Jenny loved having affairs. Ooh, yeah. Um, King Edward, the one who introduced her to her husband, she was apparently sleeping with him the whole time. Cool. Hell yeah. She was sleeping with another king, Milan I of Serbia. Um, why not? Yeah, apparently they got together while he was on in London for a while. And none other than Herbert Bismarck, the son of Otto von Bismarck. Oh. Busy lady. Yeah. Busy lady. Yeah. Very popular at court, meeting all the different famous people. So we so we know famously Churchill was a man that liked to drink a lot, a lot of beer and liquors and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a merger of two cultures. We've got the Americans and the British, right? Was this lady a booze hound? Was she out there getting that rosacea and like just like? Um, uh, my I don't think it was like me. a booze hound, but she definitely liked to uh, socialize. So okay. I'm sure drinking played a part in that. God, um, I miss socializing. Yeah, by myself. Yeah. You're socializing with the big C, big cove. Yeah, well, I meant socializing with alcohol uh, oh. by myself, <laughs> without anyone. Oh, all right, <laughs> I'm doing kind of. Uh, so. After um, John and Winston had been growing up, um, Randolph died in 1895. So Jenny was now a widow. This didn't really bother her because, like I said, she was kind of sleeping with everyone. Yeah, she knows some guys. Yeah. So she quickly gets involved uh, with a young man named George Cornwallis West. Now, I say young because he was 16 days older than her son, Winston Churchill. Ooh. Yeah. So she's like a MILF. Oh, yeah. She's a MILF. Uh, Loves the younger men. That's what I was saying, because this is going to be a theme for her. Um, Because her and uh, Mr. George Cornwallis are married in 1900. Um, But this marriage is not particularly great, um, and neither member of the... uh, Neither of them are like doing very well financially. Um, she's writing a bunch of plays while they're living in London. Um, he's trying to run some businesses and like family businesses, and it's just not going well. And they're not really a match. So by 1912, they have separated and they have divorced in 1914. Okay, I I feel like there should be like a like a prequel uh, American Pie. But it, it it's just like instead of Stifler's mom, it's Winston's mom. It's Winston's mom, and yeah, it's like yeah. everyone at the Admiralty making fun of Winston Churchill <laughs> yeah, yeah. for his mom trying to sleep with all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in nineteen eighteen, so after Winston has been disgraced during uh, World War One and his role in the leadership of it, she marries again, 
this time to a man named Montague Porch, who was a British expatriate living in Africa, who was three full years younger than Winston. Ooh. Damn, she has a type. Also, yeah. what a bad last name. Yeah. Porch. Porch, right? He, if you look up a picture of him, too, he's a very strange, weird-looking guy. I, I feel like his pickup line was probably like, hey, girl, you want to go sit on my porch? <laughs> yeah, he, he needed that line. He yeah. got laughed out of the room often, but you know what? I have a feeling that uh, old Churchill here was like, how old are you? How old is your porch? <laughs> uh, well, the joke is is that uh, she, he, his porch was actually his penis, but it was flat on top like a stool. Right. <laughs> oh. Like it wasn't for insertion. It was for. It was just for. It was for sitting. Sitting on, like a piano stool. It's like one of those when <laughs> well, benches she, are she built into a porch. Yeah. Yeah. She like playing <laughs> piano. I need to sit on your porch uh, while I play this <laughs> Chopin piece. Well, I don't have a piano on my porch. You do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now. Jenny, uh, however, would not get to live long with Mr. Porch because in 1921, while Jenny is walking down a staircase at her friend's house in high heels, she slips down the stairs and breaks her ankle. Normally, this wouldn't be a problem. However, gangrene apparently set in rapidly and they needed to amputate her left leg above the knee. So they chopped off her knee above the knee because of how bad the gangrene got from breaking her ankle. But the amputation did not go well, and it led to a hemorrhage in the artery of her thigh, and she dies on June 29th after falling down the stairs. Wait, so she it's what? death by high heels? Death by high heels. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my gosh. Dude, imagine that shit. Ah, it's nothing. I've broken uh, my ankle whatever. before. Whatever. I've twisted my ankle before. Oh, wow. why is my knee green all of a sudden? <laughs> well... How, where was her friend's house? Like, what environment? Did she live in a swamp where her stairs <laughs> made of dead people? I'm pretty sure it's, it's either New York or London. That's the, per, the only places she lived in her life. I think it was London. Um, now, uh, she's falsely credited as having invented the Manhattan cocktail. Um, there's like this attribution that she was the one who came up with it, but it's not true because when it would have happened was when she was given birth to Winston. She actually invented sex on the beach with Winston's best friend. Yeah, with younger all of his best classmates. friends. Yeah, all of his classmates. I thought she invented the Jaeger bomb. <laughs> back to that topic. Yeah, back to the back Jaegers. Back to that Jaegers again. Well, that's okay. So that concludes uh, an interesting way to die. Yeah. So I think before we go to our 2021s, we should figure out what you guys would pick. Death-wise. And I want to know what our audience wants to pick, too. So tweet at us. What do you think? We're not going to count the American scene, because I don't really know how she died. Doesn't count. All right. I think she just died a natural cause. Definitely the most boring is uh, Mr. Carver. Just going to sleep and dying. Yeah, sleeping yeah. to death. <laughs> He's probably very hungry, though. <laughs> He's probably, probably starving. starving. Yeah. 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 And cold. Um, well, I mean, I still got... I, I have to go with getting maced. Uh, well, de, the dehorsed, dehorsed, uh, maced by maced. a Scot. Yeah, but, I think that's the best way to go. But do you do you know if it was a quick macing? Because I feel like you know there could be a I few. Th- it had to have been like less than two minutes 
but it could be longer than like 10 seconds. So you might have had some time to think about it. I don't know, man. Those Scots, you ever hear them talk? They talk so fast. I'm sure they move the same way. Yeah, mm. it depends where they hit him. Like, in the, do they beat his chest in? I'm pretty sure they, they hit him in the head. Yeah, then it's probably pretty quick. Yeah. yeah, probably. I mean, secondly would be the other guy, Hawes, who just got hanged. But he also yeah, yeah. tell least... yarn, spin yarns. At least you die with a boner. That's true. I think I think I am kind of you know I like alcohol. I don't really like wine, but I'm gonna go with our first lady who just had to drink wine and die. That's true. It depends how the poison works, though. Yeah, know? the poison could like be. If you're, bad. Are you just choking on yourself, or your eyes like falling out of your brain? Yeah, Do you think she accounted yeah. for that? Do you think she went down to the old general store and was like? I need a poison. Uh, what do you got? And the clerk is like, well, I got this one that makes you shit yourself to death over the course of 45 <laughs> minutes. Or I got this other one that puts you to bed real nice and cozy. But if you want to go deluxe, I got one that will make you explode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to see my son yeah. explode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then it's like, yeah. imagine she's like, oh, I got to drink this. I should have got the exploding one. Yeah, I would have to say, I would have to say stipulate maybe maybe poison but i don't know falling down looking so good if if her leg wasn't amputated i'd say death by high heels i mean come on just for the just for the just so you can write on my obituary died of high heels travis was in drag and he (laughs) fell down the stairs First and time so in he cut his leg off. Yeah, <laughs> and I cut my leg off. Yeah, we're just gonna miss a part of that story. Travis was in drag, so we cut his legs off. <laughs> Tom, you're rocking the 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 special flag, the gay flag. Yeah, yeah. You can't say that shit. What the gay flag? <laughs> no, that you're gonna cut my legs off because I'm in drag. Well, it's not because no, you're in he, drag. He just implied that we were cutting out parts of the story. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. cut out like steps two, three, four, and five. Right. So, okay, here you go. Uh, Travis was walking down the stairs in drag, uh, so we clapped at him and then cut off his legs. <laughs> All right, that's much better. <laughs> that's much better. Yeah, I feel proud now. Good, Connor. How are you gonna go? Uh I think of all of these, the maced. I think is the way to go. That's yeah. quick. Yeah, quick, kind of legendary. And I don't know. I don't want to get my leg because the I think the gangrene one's the worst way to go. First, yeah. you fell down the stairs. You're pretty embarrassed. You're like, I really <laughs> broke my ankle, and yeah. I look like a fucking idiot. Then that- you go to the hospital, and then they're like, I'm gonna cut off. your leg off. <laughs> it's probably like a week long ordeal. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, I, I totally missed the embarrassment part. That definitely rules that out for me. What's right? the worst one? That's the worst one. I think that, that, that's yeah. the worst one. Yeah, because mm. you're just getting your leg monched off, and then they go, "Well, that didn't work. <laughs> you're dead." <laughs> I don't know. Actually, the one guy that got smothered by a pillow is not too bad. Yeah, uh, the plague one might be the worst. Too. Plague, oh, I think, is the worst. I forgot we had the black plague. Yeah, <laughs> plague sucks. Anyway, we could do this all, all right. day. Let's move yeah. on to our next little section here. Wait, let us know what you think the worst one was, listeners. Yes. All right, so now we got 2021. What are some people? They don't need to be dicks. We usually talk about dicks uh, that died in 2021. I mean, I think not to be a downer. Number one, my dad's. Yeah, sorry about the rough, rough year for my mm-hmm. dad. But 
a man that maybe accomplished a little bit more than my dad. I don't know. My dad smoked a lot of weed, played Civilization. Ron Popeil. Come on. The Chopomatic, the Veggiomatic. <laughs> what a man. The man Who? had a face. Ron Popeil. Infomercial <laughs> God. The guy. <laughs> infomercial God. He had uh, more plastic surgery than anyone. He was 86 years old. Died of a brain hemorrhage. Wow. Ron Popeil. Yeah, Dude, I feel like if I saw his face, I know who you're talking there about. There would be no Billy Mays without Ron Popeil. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Or Ron Vince Papil? Vince of Slap Chop. Pope Come on. Peel. Mm, Popeil. Well, yeah, uh, he's pretty awful looking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Popeil, rest in peace. Uh, you know, you had that uh, Showtime rotisserie where you coined the phrase, set it and forget it. Oh, that was him? <laughs> yep. <laughs> His face scares me, but rest in peace, Ron. Man, here's a picture of him with Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, they're, yeah, they're about the same age. <laughs> <laughs> Just up there. Here's hoping. <laughs> Connor, who do you have? Uh, I have a lady who brought me much joy in my life, and that is one Jessica Walter. Yeah, we lost her back in March, and... You know, the shows, Archer and Arrested Development, two of my favorite shows of all time. So, won't be the same without her. Now, I thought when you said a woman bringing you lots of joy, I thought you were going to say Anne Rice. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some vampire novels. Yeah, Anne Rice. Oof, that was another one. Cat's out of the bag now. She's not a vampire. Well, Jessica <laughs> Walter was fun. She did yeah. good stuff. Wait, she was Lucille, right? Lucille, yeah. Yeah. Good character actor. Mm -hmm. Crushed it. Crushing it. Tom, who you got? This one was sad. Uh, really sad and untimely. Uh, the death of Earl Simmons, a.k.a. DMX. Whoa, mm. yes. Not, not good, that one. That was a sad no. day. Sad day. Yeah. He was my first parental guidance CD I'd ever got, and then there was X. I remember listening to that when I was 10 years old, on the loop. <laughs> In the back of my grandparents' car. Uh, of course, they could not hear it. It was on uh, my dad's Kenwood CD player, which wouldn't skip songs. That's how old it was. Oh, you, could, you had to go album track. You had to go the whole way. <laughs> Listen to the whole album every time. And uh, yeah, it gave me a lot of memories. Um, I know the lyrics to every song. I can't say the lyrics to every song. Those aren't my words <laughs> nope. to say. Nope. But they are still dear to me. I, I always loved his enthusiasm his theater, his commitment to uh, everything he did, including the crimes. Yeah, <laughs> what you really want? It was mainly against the IRS. That like, was fuck the IRS. Yeah, yeah, we should all commit <laughs> crimes against the IRS. Just, just to throw in another man in the same sphere of the hip hop universe, Bismarcky, dude. Mm. Wait, he died. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, oh, dude. Back in October. That yeah. sucks. You <laughs> Very nice, Travis. You've done yeah. it. Uh, fitting yeah. tribute yeah. to Bismarcky. Well, there's that. Let us know who you didn't want to die and then did this year. Yeah. You want to. I don't know if you or want to. Or if that. there were people that you did want to die that did die this year, like Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I got a book on my shelf. That might be a two-parter. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, I was thinking about mentioning him here, but I was like, nope, save him for a real episode. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> well, 
I got to say, it's been a long year. A lot of things have changed. The show has changed. The show is now better. It's not worse. It's better. Yeah. When Mike shows up, maybe, sometimes. That's when we're in fullest of forms. Yeah. And uh, we need our fourth wheel. Otherwise, we're just a trike. Yeah, weird tricycle. Not even allowed to be on the road. Mike had to hang out with this guy called Anthony Hawk. He liked way better than us. God. I wonder what Mike's doing right now. He's probably hanging out with Dave Dave Mira BMX star. (laughs) Now, that man also died. Oh, did he? Yeah, Dave Mira (laughs) killed himself. Oh, well, he's hanging out with him. Let's not say that. His grave. No, he's hanging out at his grave. (laughs) Sure. Paying respects. Okay. Really? Dave Mira died? Yeah, he killed himself. Oh, okay. Well, this year? Wow. No, it was like two years ago. I'm pretty sure it had something to do with information. It could lead to the arrest of Hillary Clinton. But uh, Oh, I thought Epstein. you were going to say information that could have led to the arrest of Dave Mira. <laughs> 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 like he killed himself because the cops were on his trail. The cops were on his trail. For the arrest of Hillary Clinton. Yeah, they. Yeah. <laughs> he had information, sensitive information. Lock her up. Everyone, her every, up. Everyone, we, everyone we mentioned on this list... Hillary probably had a hand in DMX, yeah. Bismarck, Winston Ron Churchill's Peel, mom, yeah. Winston Churchill's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just how it is. Um, look, if you like the show, thank you for listening. If you don't like the show, you're insane for getting this far. I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah, put it put it down. Walk away. <laughs> Which leads me to my next thing. Go to Patreon.com/slash RoastMortemCast. Give us a few bucks. If you are a Patreon, we love you. We just love you and your money. Yeah, especially your money. And even if you're listening to this on Spotify, even if you're listening to this on whatever you listen to, uh, 8-track, we send out those every month to our Patreons. We don't do that. We don't do that. But you should just like log on to the old iTunes iPod cast thing. Leave us a five-star review. Cause you know, or a two star review, or a one star. We the one star reviews are the best, actually. I those love will those. jump out to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's one person uh, who has written fairly detailed uh, hatred on both of my podcasts. It has to be an ex girlfriend <laughs> because it's just like so <laughs> stupid. Um, uh, shout out to Tom is a fugly bitch. Yeah, <laughs> do not trust him. It's exactly like that, and I'm, I'm not saying you should trust me, but you can listen to me. And that's the show, dog. We got a lot more coming uh, in 2022. We got some cool stuff lined up. I think we have one more episode left in 2021 because we usually put this countdown out a little earlier just so you get a little festive, you know what I'm saying? And if anyone really famous dies between then, we'll mention it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The queen is happening. All right. See y'all later. (laughs) Bye. Das Vadanya, por favor.